every one of us has life verses and life messages, testimonies that we live out of. And I had a message that I preached here. I looked back, it was back in 2014. So I, I revamped it, brought it up to date, and I'm still going to tell you, don't waste your life missing the favor of God because we all walk in the favor of God. Now, is there, okay, um, I'm trying to figure out a way that I can see the slides. I can't see the slides. Um, huh? I'm going to stay on the other side of this. Yeah. That'll help. Yeah. That's easier. Psalm 512 says, You will bless the righteous, Yahweh. You will surround him with favor as a shield. I've been in so many situations. I think about Jane Shemp um, in Afghanistan or on our way to Afghanistan, standing in the face of tyranny and intimidation saying, I'm surrounded by favor. God surrounds me with favor like a shield and watching as God breaks through. I did a little word study on finding favor. There was 35 different examples is that, oh, okay. Oh, I put these up there too. Okay, so Psalm 30, his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime. Isn't that good news? Isaiah 61, 2, to proclaim, that's all of the things about the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, to, in all of those wonderful things that why the Spirit of the Lord is upon us to proclaim the favor or the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. Real quick little parentheses about the day of vengeance is when you turn around on the enemy and you deliver somebody else from what you've been delivered from. That's vengeance. When you take back what the enemy stole from you. Okay, now there should be a list of a whole bunch of people Finding favor in God's sight. But I noticed they're all Old Testament. All these people that found favor with God, it's all Old Testament because they had to find favor with God. We've been gifted with favor. Ephesians 1.6 says, The praise of his glory of his grace by which he freely bestowed favor on us in the Beloved. I love Patricia's um, plug for the Passion Translation and really encourage you to get it. Here it is, out of, here's Ephesians 1, 6 out of the Passion. So that his tremendous grace that cascades over us would bring him glory for the same love he has for the beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. The same love he has for Jesus, he has for us. So, what is favor? It is divine advantage. We have an advantage. As, as children of the Most High God, we have an advantage over those who are not walking in it. They could, but they're not. And so we can, and we do. It's divine advantage and pleasure. It's... Bias from the Lord. Yep, 
He's prejudiced towards you. He's biased, and he delights in you. Oh, I've got it down here. It's kindness and goodwill and aid. Sometimes we use the word favor to resemble in features or um, character. Oh, yeah, she favors her dad in that, or she um, looks like, or she favors. It's also a joyful, confident expectation of good. This is something I see really needing in the body of Christ. A joyful, confident expectation of good because God is good. That's another message. But God is good. In the Greek, it's a grateful, happy, calm. I just love being able to have an expectation of good. John has a, um, a story where he, he started changing, well, that figures, when it was something negative, to that figures when it's something positive. But we tend to go towards the negative. It's just our human nature, which is not our divine nature that's within us. So what favor is not, it's not an event. You can't just go to a, a favor conference and just get it. It's not an impartation. I can't just lay hands on you and impart favor. It's access to divine power. It's, it's not access to divine power for whatever we want. Can you imagine, you know, that verse that says, if you say to this mountain, be removed, can you imagine if we really walked in that with most of our attitudes now, it's like, uh, we'd be rearranging the landscape all over the place, you know? Well, I don't like that hill there. I want it over there. Well, wait, now it's in my way, you know? It's just so, um, it's not divine power for whatever we want. It's not a provision that we just receive and don't have responsibility to walk in. So often, we, we just want the good stuff. We want the provision. And I just smiled whenever anybody um, shared testimony about provision, because it's in my, all through my notes. It's not a provision that we just receive and don't have the responsibility to walk out. Luke 2.52 says, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God, think about that, Jesus grew in favor with God and man because it's all about relationship. And as a human, Jesus had to learn a different way of relating to the Lord. And he walked in the favor that we have been given, but he had to walk it out it all starts with encountering a problem. <laughs> no, if, if people, um, if Christians didn't have problems, then people would become Christians just to not have problems. But Jesus, you know, the, there's an old hymn, Standing on the Promises. Well, one of the promises of God is in this world, you will have tribulation. Amen. That's a promise. Amen. <laughs> but... The rest of that verse is that be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. Amen. So he's going to be with us. So we start with a, a, a problem 
and ends the process of changing our way of thinking. Metanoia. I think it's still archived, um, Pat, Pastor Patty's message on metanoia, changing the way you think. It's the way we think has got to be changed from our fleshly way of thinking, our old man, our carnal man, to the new man. So favor is developed in the process. It's the end of the process we move from faith to knowledge. We know it's true. How many of you have ever been healed? Can anybody tell you that God doesn't heal? Because you don't, have, you don't need faith to believe something that you've experienced and you have knowledge of. So in the process of walking out our favor, we move from faith to knowledge because then we know experientially that it is true. Don't tell me he can't do it. I love that. I love how in the worship, and, and um, Ethan and I hadn't talked at all. We both kind of found out, oh, yesterday, oh, surprise. So we hadn't um, um, exchanged notes, but we were listening to the same broadcast. <clears throat> So the process is always relational. We are learning how to be with God and who he is for us and in us and through us. Did you know that God likes to be with you? Yeah. You know, that's another thing I, I, I find in the body of Christ, that not everybody believes that God really likes to be with them. You know, he's good and he's love, but he doesn't really love them particularly all the time. But actually he does. And he likes to be with you. And he actually is amused sometimes. I think sometimes when I, I am aware that God is smiling <laughs> as I'm learning something, um, it, you know, I can provide him with some humor. Um, but he does delight to be um, with us. Okay. Um, we are, when, because he has placed us in Christ, when he looks at us, he sees Jesus. There was a song we used to sing in England, when he looks at me, he sees not what I used to be, but he sees Jesus. And in the process, we are beholding and becoming like Christ because we become what we behold and meditate and think on, both positively or negatively. If you're constantly thinking on your failures, your, um, the, your difficult circumstances, you become that negative thinker. First John 4, 17. Um, I remember having a, a discussion with Brent on this because he had um, preached on this. By this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. We are Christ's representatives. But there's an important little phrase there, by this. Well, by what? It's like when you're studying the, the word and you see the word therefore, look to see what it's there for. 
go back a few verses. So the verse right before John 1, uh, John, 1 John 4, 17 is verse 16. And we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. That's the prerequisite, to know and believe the love that God has for us. We've come into an intimate experience with God's love and we trust his love that he has for us. And those who are living in love are living in God and God lives through them. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment because all that Jesus now is, we are in the world. That's the Passion Translation. So, we encounter a problem, and then um, we find out that there is a promise in, in the middle of the problem, and it, the pressure of the problem presses us into the present, where we've got to leave the past. We've got to leave the woulda, coulda, shoulda, the regrets. We've got to leave how things have been or were before. Those may be triggering our response in the present. So we forsake what was behind and come into the present circumstances and trust that he has your best purpose and a destiny in mind. Do I have the picture with the, the skin care slide? Yep. Yeah. It was actually, I was in a beauty salon one time and I saw this very attractive businesswoman come in. And then the next time I saw her, she had her hair in a turban and her face was covered in mud. And I just thought, oh, yeah, she doesn't look so good now. But the Lord just dropped it into my heart. But she understands the process. She understands that this is good for her. She understands that this um, clinician is doing something good for her and her skin. So you embrace the process. And sometimes when we're in the process, we have to remember that God is good and he's out to do us good. And it's maybe a momentary light affliction, but he is out to do us good. Coming into the present with God, even under the pressure, in the present, because he is, I am. He is the God who was and is and is to come. But his name is I am. And he's in the present. So I w was thinking about some of the um, testimonies of God's presence um, and his provision un in the problem. Um, John had a stroke back in November of 2011. And on the way to the hospital, following the ambulance, I was a very aware of the peace and the calm that I had. And then and it was so interesting in the next few days, other doctors were coming in to see this guy that on, on his um, MRI, this guy was vegetative. And he was sitting in his chair grading math papers <laughs> and talking and making jokes with the nurses. And, but doctors who weren't on his case 
couldn't believe that this guy was that guy because of what God had done. When our daughter Barbara came back from um, wherever she was, Wisconsin, and she needed a one-bedroom apartment that would allow pets, that had easy access to laundry, that had a, a yard, because she looked at a couple two-story apartments, but she had to then take the dogs down the steps and then out to the grassy area. She um, had a certain budget. She would really like a place where she could plant some flowers. And Lord, it would really be nice if you could have a lilac bush. She got it all in two lilac bushes because of favor, because she's watched a few things about how favor works. Um, I've shared this testimony before, but it's just still so much fun. Um, and every year I take a team into Washington, D.C., and in 2011, we had made housing arrangements at the American Christian Trust, which is a prayer house in the northwest part of Washington, D.C. It was April, which coincides with the Cherry Blossom Festival, which for those of you who don't know, it's like trying to get an apart or um, a motel room here during the first full week of August. So we had this um, arrangement with the trust and I got a call um, on the 1st of March saying sorry we're doing some renovations we're not going to be finished we don't have room we won't be open for your team I said no you don't understand we've budgeted $40 per person per night because we're staying in the trust and now we're going to try to find housing in Washington DC in April during the Cherry Blossom Festival. But I remembered who I was and whose I was. So I looked at a map of Washington and I just kept zooming it out and I saw Bowling Air Force Base. Well, we're retired military and we have access to billeting. So I called Bowling Air Force Base and yes, we would have to call on the 1st of April because they only do it by month. But we could get a two-bedroom apartment that slept six for $48. Our region, I'm not exaggerating, ask any other U.S. director, our region has been a sign and a wonder regarding housing. We have stayed, it's just amazing how the Lord has given us favor. And now we've been staying at a, what they call a safe house. It was owned by the former CIA director, um, two blocks from the Capitol. And it's a three-bedroom house. And we have whole kitchen and all that. Um, because guess what? This last time we were there, you couldn't go to a restaurant unless you had a vaccination passport. And so we had our own food, and we could go right around the corner. There were two takeout restaurants. Well, we used to eat in them, but we just took out food. We were four blocks from Whole Foods. I mean, it's just wonderful. By the way, if you see Lori Johnson, when she gets back, she got to go with me this last time. Um, and so she can tell you her own testimonies of what God did. I've been to Israel 20 times. Several of those times, I have taken other people with me free of charge. I have paid for it three times. I'm just saying that when God calls you, he takes you. Where he guides, he provides. When it's his will, it's his bill. 
And there's another one that I can't remember. <laughs> but um, I have been to Bosnia, Uzbekistan, and Tanzania, and I've, God has provided all of that, and I never wrote a fundraising letter. I just sat and watched him provide. And it's just the craziest thing. I remember when I um, got the invitation to go to Bosnia, and um, I, it was funny. I don't know how many of you remember Rebecca Geringer, but um, I said at the time, we're going to Mostar, Bosnia. That's where the Skrinjariks live. I know the Skrinjariks. And she's like, do you even hear what you're saying? You know people in Mostar, Bosnia. We don't even know where Bosnia is. And you know people, and God's sending you to them. I mean, it turned out that that's why I needed to go on this team to bring some reconciliation between the pastor's wives in, in this community. But it was just so cool to watch as God, I, I got home after getting that letter. I had two phone calls from two personal intercessors. One said, I don't know what just happened, but I saw the Lord open a big door and I want to sew into it. The other one said, Lord's just laid it on my heart to send you some money. I had $600 and I hadn't, I hadn't even really fully told Tommy that I would go with her to Bosnia. Uzbekistan, I mean, Tanzania, I gotta tell you about Tanzania, because that was kind of fun. And um, I, I preached on favor and walking in God's favor. And the bishop who had invited me for this conference wanted to know more details. How does this work? You know, you're talking about God's favor. Is it different than his grace and his goodness? I said, it's all together. So I just said, he was going to be my, my driver that day. And so I said, just hang with me and, and I'll watch. And you watch and watch God's favor. So I don't know how many of you have ever been to Asia or places where they have uh, squatty potties, they're called. It's just a little hole in the floor. And it's quite challenging when you have a long dress. I'll just say that. And so I went, we were at this mall, and here's this whole line of um, restrooms, and there's one that's a sit toilet, what we would call in America a regular toilet. But for them, regular is the hole in the ground. And so, and it was when you get up to the line, you take the one that's yours. And I'm watching, and there's 10 and just one. And I get up to my place, and that one opens up because I walk in the favor of God. So then we go to buy a modem for my computer, and um, the, there's a gentleman there that says to um, Bishop, oh, I've heard the, the conference is going great, um, but I have been working, and I haven't been able to make it. And so Bishop introduced me, and the guy said, oh, I'm so happy to meet you. I want to sew into your ministry. Hands me a wad of cash. So then we're checking out groceries, and I, Bishop really loved gum. And so I bought a few packs of gum. And this Muslim um, cashier reaches over and gets another three or four packs of gum and says, I would like to give you this as a gift. And he is just watching. We go to, to lunch afterwards, and he, um, we ordered dessert. And this, it was the special that day. And the, the server comes back and says, sorry, we're out of the special. And so I 
well, what would you recommend? And he tells us, so we'll have that. The manager comes over with the um, dessert, and he says, I am so sorry we're out of that special. This one's on the house. Are you getting an idea here of a thread that is a little uh, abnormal? But I know that it's normal. But Bishop is just going, <laughs> every time something happens. So last one, we go... He's borrowed um, a big Toyota Land Rover, Land Cruiser or something, big. And they don't have that many big cars in Africa. And so we have to go into this office complex and he's trying to figure out where to park this thing. And I said, just watch, just watch. And I said, there, you see that big pickup pulling out right in the front? You can go park in there. And so he parked in, right in front with this nice big parking spot. So that night before I spoke, he's telling everybody about all of these things that have happened and about the favor of God and how we can all walk in the favor of God because that's who we are. It's who we are. Our dad is good. Our dad is big. Our dad loves us and he likes us. And as it says in the shack, and he's awfully fond of you. <laughs> so, we need to reset our default settings. I don't know if how many of you have ever changed a printer on your computer, but um, I was really getting frustrated one time after we got a new printer, and I was trying to print something on it. And it was plugged in. And it wasn't printing. And then John came in and said, oh, you've got to reset the default to the new printer. Because you're sending the signal, but it's not connecting because you haven't reset the fault, the, the default. It's not a case of rah, rah God's in charge, just sit back. I recently heard a a pastor in Texas say, God didn't give you a shovel to lean on and hope for a hole. He expects you to dig. <laughs> you know, but so often we get this mentality, well, God's in charge, God will do it. And, um, but that's not how it is. Um, and sometimes we have to contend against ourselves and against the enemy. It's not always the enemy, it's not always us. It it can be both that are coming in opposition to our thoughts. And th this is a newsflash for some of you. Nobody makes you angry, makes you whatever. They don't have that kind of control over your life, okay? They can't make you. They can push the button that will cause a response that's already there, but God wants to replace that with the fruit of the, of the Holy Spirit. It was already there, the negative thing, and he's just gonna replace it um, with something of the um, Holy Spirit. Um, it's an encounter with God's light that reveals where he wants to mature us in his character. It's when we um, need an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Negative moments give us the opportunity to see God in the circumstances. But we have to focus upwardly and not on what we're seeing in the um, natural because we can learn peace in the midst of chaos that's how you learn peace peace isn't the absence of chaos peace 
is the presence of God in the midst of the chaos, love in the midst of conflict. But our default is the response that comes first. We just have to reset our, def our default. So favor also causes us to prosper when we tap into the provision. The provision is, is there in, in the problem, in the present, and there's, there's a purpose in it. We can prosper, which means to be better than before. We can walk through hell and come out with more than we went in, just like Jesus did. Jesus went in empty-handed, but he brought captivity um, captive, or he led captivity captive. So he came out with more than he went in with. Rising above the circumstances by experiencing God's presence in the circumstances. Don't tell me he can't do it. So, okay. There's, uh, yep, prosper, be better than before. Okay. Oh, good, he did these animations for me, too. All right, next one. Okay, yep, that's where we're bringing every thought captive. Second Corinthians 10, 3 says, the weapons of our warfare are not um, carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and every vain and lofty imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So if it doesn't line up with, with what God says about you, then you need to bring that thought captive. Any thought that speaks of uselessness, powerlessness, hopelessness, fill in the blanklessness, that's evidence of the enemy trying to infiltrate your mind. And we tend to accommodate negative thoughts. I don't know why that is. It's just easier for us to believe negative thoughts about ourselves than to believe the positive. But we're resetting that default so that we're believing what God says about us. And, um, but the, those negative thoughts are, are um, trespassers that need to be removed. So, because scripture says that we are more than, not less than. And so we come in the opposite spirit. Whatever is um, coming at you, if it's fear, you speak love and peace. Anxiety, confidence and trust. Impurity, holiness and righteousness. You destroy lies with truth. You don't have to feel it. It's not about feeling it. It's about being obedient. And so when we're obedient, the power is in the words that we speak. You know, God created the universe by speaking. And we have power in our words, too. That's a whole nother message. But our voice is the voice of truth that tells a different story. I love that song by Casting Crowns, the voice of truth. I remember... Um, having, uh, I was about ready to get a cancer report, but I didn't know it. But I, I, the doctor had called and wanted me to come out. Um, this is um, back in the day when we had doctor's appointments out on the base. And on the way out there, that song came on the, on the radio. The voice of truth tells me a different story. And, and immediately that, that peace, just the peace that passes understanding.
And then it was so cool because God took away that, that he completely healed that cancer. Sometimes I've had cancer and walked through it. Sometimes I've had surgery. That time he just completely eradicated it. Praise God. Um, but, so we are dead to the world and alive to God, but we choose life. It's a choice. We choose life. We choose truth. Now, okay, we start with a problem that brings some pressure into our lives. But that pressure helps us to be in the present, not in the past. And the present reveals the promise, which brings his provision. By the way, in case you had noticed, I really like alliteration. And I really like it when it's double PR. So problem, pressure, promise, provision. Then the provision causes us to prosper. And that's not always financial. It causes our souls to prosper. Because we have a new outlook and a new way of seeing the situation, a new way of seeing ourselves, a new way of seeing God. And that prosperity causes us to be more aware that we're in his presence. And when we're in, our, in his presence, I'm looking for Ethan. Where did Ethan go? Oh, there you are. <laughs> I was going, okay. Um, prosperity causes us to be more aware that we are in his presence and that we're blessed and highly favored. That's my testimony. I'm blessed and highly favored. And that's the truth. And it doesn't matter what I'm going through or what situation I'm in, I'm still blessed and highly favored. It might not have manifested yet, but I'm still blessed and highly favored because God is good. And all the time. Now, let's try it this way. All the time to me. Did you know that's true? That all the time, God is good to you. It doesn't matter that the circumstances are screaming, God's forgotten you. God doesn't care. Whatever the lies are, that's when we go, no. My God is good. My God is lovely. My God is powerful. And you can just shut up. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. I, my, that was not a good word in our household. But sometimes it's appropriate to tell the enemy. We don't have to listen. I want to make sure that every one of us here has that beginning relationship with Jesus Christ. That you know that your life is hidden in Christ. And so I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads. And if there's anybody here that wants that personal relationship to know that you are blessed and highly favored, that you are a child of God, just slip up your hand.
Thank you, Father. Let's just all pray together and make a declaration and a testimony of who we are. Father, I thank you that you have loved me. That you have loved me just as I was. And that you've given us, given me the Holy Spirit and a new life. My old life is dead and I'm alive in Christ. To walk in your favor, in your goodness, in your blessings for my life. Thank you, Father, for this ongoing love relationship we have. For the sake of Christ. Amen.